Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The world is in turmoil. The United States especially is in turmoil. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. We have so many things wrong in this country, uh, most of which, if not all, uh, emanating from things Donald Trump has done or said as president. Uh, The man is inept, incapable of leading, a born liar, misrepresents, may be responsible for a good 100 or 120 or 130,000 of the 190 some odd thousand people already dead because of coronavirus. And he's still out there hitting away. The sad part is he could be reelected. He's got that following. You know, it's generally 43%. It dropped into the high 30s for a little bit. Now it's up to 46, 47. You don't know. This is where he was when he got elected via the Electoral College in 2016. I I can't envision Trump being president again. This country will be over. We will be dead. We we will not stand for anything we've ever been proud of. Uh, They they keep telling us uh, what I read and what I hear on TV. They keep saying uh, it's the white population uh, that is his solid support. In fact, the older white population, I'm an older white, I'm 85, I don't support him. Anyhow, he's going to be a lot in our discussions this evening. Uh, We're going to travel through tonight Nevada, Arizona, Washington, D.C., Israel, the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, Oregon, Utica, New York, and Key West. Let's hope we get to all these cities. We never get to them. I always have more material than I need. Uh, All right, let me start uh, with the protests, not the protests, the rallies that Trump has been conducting. He's out there every night or every day, someplace, sometimes two or three places. And these are political speeches. Ain't no question about it. Uh, So I have one question to ask before I get into the nitty-gritty about why I'm talking about this. Who the hell's paying for that airplane? Are those taxpayer dollars that are going to transport him to here, there, and everywhere? I mean, he's going into enough small towns. I can't believe he has business, business of the United States, not business for Donald Trump in these communities. So are we paying for Air Force One? Technically, if he uses it for personal uh, things, he's supposed to reimburse. He's supposed to reimburse the cost. That's how it's done, unless he gets his own plane. This guy's a cheapskate. He'll never reimburse, and he's getting away with it. I I talked about this about two months ago, and he's just doing a little bit. Now he's going crazy. He's spending your money and my money to campaign. Campaign all you want, Donald. Don't use my dough, period. Now, what am I upset about with these uh, these political rallies here? Uh, he's had trouble in the last 48 to 72 hours uh, being qualified to speak at a rally in Newark, I'm sorry, Nevada, and Arizona. These states have laws they passed uh, which indicate that any gathering of more than 50 persons 
cannot be held because of the coronavirus problem. We just won't let it go. More than 50, you can't do it. Hell, Cuomo's called off weddings in New York State of more than 50 people. Uh, of course, the, the federal court knocked him down on it, and the case is on appeal. But here, Trump's bringing in 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 people, and he's got a problem with the law. How does he deal with it? And here's what his people came up with. Beautiful. In Newark, and he did this on open TV. You could see, I heard it two days ago in Newark. I heard it yesterday in Arizona. He says, this is a peaceful protest because a peaceful protest is exempt under the law prohibiting a gathering of more than 50 people. So we labeled ourselves when we filed our papers for this event as a politic, as a peaceful protest. And no one's bothered us. Then yesterday in Arizona, he says, tonight is a round table. A round table. We're not having a rally. This is a round table. Another exemption to the law in Arizona, limiting the attendance uh, to 50 people or less. And he's proud of this. And I'm ashamed of him. And I'll tell you why. Our president is supposed to lead. Okay? We should be able to look up, admire him, admire him, say, this is a good guy. He knows what he's doing. And we should follow his lead. He sets the example for the rest of the country. The only trouble is the example he's setting is a bad one all the time. He violates the law, takes pride in violating the law, tells you he's violating the law, and nothing happens to him. He's the president. What are you going to do? Anyhow, I, I, I just think it's horrible. And this goes to the masks, too. The CDC and <laughs> the bulletins they put out said you got to wear a mask. You got to have social distancing. Trump doesn't wear a mask and he doesn't do social distancing. And if you look at these rallies, as I call them, or these peaceful protests or the round table, uh, very few masks, no social distancing. Uh, people got to come out of there with the virus. They've got to be attacked and come down with coronavirus in about 14 days. Uh, I don't know how he avoids it. I heard him say on TV last night, someone asked that question on the side, and he, he got picked up. He said, oh, I'm way behind. I don't get close to the people. I stand up there when I talk. Uh, so he doesn't do good. He doesn't set the proper standard. Uh Got to make you ashamed to be an American. I got to tell you something. It makes me ashamed to be an American on occasion. The way he conducts himself, the image he portrays worldwide, because the United States is not Donald Trump. He's the first president, I can say, doesn't truly represent our ideals. Okay, now we go to Trump today. This is terrific. On TV, at White, I, don't, I don't know where he was speaking, uh, but he was speaking at a gathering of some sort. He had a couple of few gatherings today, and then he got on his airplane and did some rallies, a rally or two. But he said the vaccine, the vaccine will be available, and I quote, in a matter of weeks, in a matter of weeks. Hmm. Couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> Came back with, it'll be available in, and I quote again, in four to 
eight weeks, four to eight weeks. Now, could be available as early as November 1. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? He's going to announce a vaccine just before the election. Say, see, I did it. I told you. Let me tell you what's happening. Impossible to come out with a vaccine that people can take and not be concerned about their health within 30 days or 60 days. These things take about four years on an accelerated basis. I can see it getting done in a year or two because uh, they got so many people working on it in so many different countries. Now, if you recall, the past couple of weeks, we've been told the company who's into this in England uh, so far has been having the best success, and it's thought that their their vaccine might be the one to do it. And they're into testing now. It's the initial phases of testing. It's not testing 300,000 people or anything like that, but they're testing. It was announced today by that company that it was ceasing their testing because something's wrong. Because someone they injected, a woman they injected with the vaccine, her spine is totally inflamed. Apparently, this is very serious if your spine is inflamed uh, and it leads to other bad stuff. I'm not a doctor, but they're stopping their uh, they're stopping their investigation to see whether it's okay for people to take to be injected. And that's where that is. Why has he got to give false hope to people? It isn't going to be there. We've got to live with this. And we can live with it if we wear our masks and we, we social distance and we wash our hands. What the hell else do you have to do? It's simple. Uh, I, I learned something today I wasn't aware of. Canada's in good shape on, with regard to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Do you know what has not happened in Canada? They have not had one death because of the virus. Not one death because of the virus. We're pushing 200,000. We should be ashamed. Trump, Trump, Trump should be charged. That's criminal negligence what he's doing. Wrong. Yeah, Donald today. This was a big day for Trump. Big day. He had the uh, he had the Prime Minister of Israel Netanyahu there. He had, at the White House. He had the Foreign Ministers of let's see, it was the uh, Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. The Foreign Ministers, not the leaders of those two countries. Note that, and you'll understand in a minute why. Why I'm telling you to note it, keep it in mind. And the purpose was to sign an accord for a Middle East peace agreement. And Donald was just up big on the South Lawn. My God. Uh, <laughs> very impressive, i got to tell you. He does it up big. He's very impressive. Uh, but he says, you know, this is the, this is the, I think he called it the flower, the flower uh, of peacemaking. Understand, Trump wants the Nobel Peace Award. He wants the Nobel Peace Prize. He was nominated for it uh, by a legislature, legislator from Norway, from the north country of Norway, who's a far-right individual, but he threw, apparently anybody can nominate, he threw Trump's name in for, uh, for pe being a peacemaker. Now, this adds to it. I mean, Trump had his tongue out today. 
You know, look at me. I made peace. I made peace in the Middle East. He didn't say it like that, but that's what he was saying. I made peace in the Middle East. I am the person who finally made peace in the Middle East. Uh, well, I got to tell you something. Uh, here's the way I look at it. Number one. The war today, don't forget, the the Arabs against the Jews came after World War II and it's lasted, oh, <laughs> you know what, 80 years. Over a period of time, the feelings between certain Arab countries have diminished against Israel. In fact, they do business with each other, some of them. On the surface, they say, we hate you, but they're doing business. Money's money. Okay, now, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain are not really enemies. They may technically be enemies of Israel today. Uh, the company, the country rather, where the, the war is involved, is Palestine, the Palestinians. They're the ones who lost their land. The other Arab countries have supported the Palestinians all these years. The Palestinians were not invited. The Palestinians didn't sign any peace agreement today. The Palestinians have been saying all week, including today, we don't agree with this, we are opposed to it, it's wrong. Now I ask you, how can you have a Middle East peace accord if Palestine, the Palestinians are not involved? It's clear. And, you know, but here's Trump. He's taking a little peace accord that he really didn't need, and he's, he blew it up. Look, look what I did. It's the flower of the Middle East peace plan. Okay? Uh, bad situation. Bad, bad situation. I don't see, I'd say in six months to a year, uh, we're going to find out that this is all bullshit, what he did here. Uh, he, uh, what, there was another thought I had on this. Uh, another thought I had on this, I can't recall what it was. He should have, uh, you don't, if you didn't have Palestine there, this is a joke. That's number one. He's trying to sell a false situation to the world with a peace plan with two countries that basically get along with Israel today. Uh, the purpose of this is to open embassies and do more business together. They're doing business without opening embassies. Uh, it's, it, this thing's a fraud. i I, I got to come back to it. It is a fraud. Uh, and, he may, and I was wondering, too, did you notice if you watch this on TV, when they sat down to sign the, the agreement, now you had three countries there, the representatives of the three countries should sign. Who was sitting in the middle of them and who signed to? Donald Trump. Now, why the hell does the president of the United States have to sign this? Let him take credit. I'm the one who brought these people together. My people did it. But what's he doing signing this agreement between three countries we don't have a problem with, or we're supposedly not having a problem with? Netanyahu is a bad guy. He has pushed, he's helped the Jewish people tremendously. I mean, this guy's a fighter. He's a brute. He's like Trump. He's a brute. But he's a brute who is not afraid to fight. Whereas Trump, you know, he, he puts his tail between his legs and turns around and walks away. If the conflict's going to get face-to-face, -face, you know, he says, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. This guy's afraid of everything unless he controls the whole situation. So he will not in any way be hurt. Now, 
Let me tell you something about Netanyahu, and I particularly, I I, I particularly like him, and uh, the reason I particularly like him is this: at least with coronavirus, he's done something. In the spring, when uh, the virus hit Israel, he closed down the entire country for three, four weeks, I forget how long, because he wanted to get ahead of the virus, and he did, and things got better. But as with many other countries, there are surges going on, and it's probably because, I think it is, that you know the people have been good for several months, some people wear masks, they social distance, and the virus has come under control. Now it's okay for them to stand at bars next to each other, breathe on each other, cough in a room with other people, uh, don't wear a mask, and the bug comes back. This bug's terrific. It could kill the whole world. Look, it's almost killed 200,000 of our people. So I give him credit for it, though, because this week, you know what he said? He's going back into another three-week shutdown. Yes. Trump won't go in. This is a nationwide shutdown in Israel. Would Donald Trump ever have a nationwide shutdown in the United States? And we've got the numbers to justify a national shutdown. But he says, no, now he's going to do it for three weeks because of the surge. You may extend it even more if it doesn't come under control. Uh, and he believes Netanyahu, who I really don't like or trust, but he, in this instance, uh, not because he thinks the way I do, but he said it. He says, we open the schools and businesses too early. Too soon were the two words he used. We open schools and businesses too soon, all right? And that is what allowed the virus to spread unchecked. Okay, 9-11. A lot of people, almost 3,000 people died because of 9-11. Not all of them because the plane hit the tower. A lot of them were first responders. Firemen, policemen, volunteers, medical people who were in there trying to help people, save people. And they got killed sometimes by the building falling on them. Uh, a couple of months later, by something they, they, they breathe in down the road, many of them became sick because of what they inhaled. And now here it is, uh, what, 19 years later, 19 years later, and people are still getting sick who were first responders. They were fine till now. Now they're coming down with this inhalation thing, uh, and they have the same, they, they, they exhibit the same symptoms as those who got it right away the first responders. Now, after much fighting following 9-11, because we are a cheap country at heart, when you look at how the Senate still hasn't passed a stimulus bill, (laughs) even when the Democrats wouldn't agree with, they are putting anything on the floor. Uh, Finally, uh, they, they came out with a program whereby money was made available to first responders who got sick. All their medical bills were paid. And the Treasury Department, this is billions of dollars, by the way. The Treasury Department would oversee this, okay? Pay the bills. Well, turns out uh, (laughs) the bills aren't all getting paid. The bills are not all getting paid. 
Uh, it seems the fund is missing something like $4 billion. $4 billion. And nobody knows where it went. All right? And so <laughs> the Congress isn't taking seriously the application by the people who are getting sick now to be covered because they're not covered under this law that was passed years ago. Where'd the $4 billion go? Now, let me raise another thing. I have raised what I'm going to share with you now. I've shared it before, several times in writing over the years, several times in this, uh, in this show, just in passing. The Pentagon, the Defense Department, they piss money away. It's the only way I can describe it. They piss not millions away, not billions away, trillions of dollars, my friends. They waste. Nobody knows where the money went, okay? Now, in 2016, uh, there was a general, and you can't blame Trump for what I'm going to share on this point now. In 2016, there was a, a report that came out uh, that went as far back as 1991, which showed that the Defense Department had $6.5 trillion it could not account for. $6.5 trillion could not account for. They don't know where it went. They don't have re receipts. They don't have a tracking system. Then, in 2018, the government, I think it was Congress, or maybe it was the, the executive branch, now, now we're involved with Trump, hired Ernst and Young, big-time accountants, the best of the best, okay, and some other private, for smaller private firms, to do an independent audit of the books of the Department of Defense. Now involved was the $6.5 trillion and a few more trillions since Trump became president in two years. Money's going out. Nobody knows where it goes. And this was Ernst and Young's report. They said the records were riddled with so many bookkeeping deficiencies, irregularities, and errors that a reliable audit was impossible. I repeat it. The records were riddled with so many bookkeeping deficiencies, irregularities, and errors. A reliable audit was impossible. They could not, they couldn't trace the money. They couldn't trace the money. What? Whoever did this, the people who did it, the way it's being done is terrific. Now, there's got to be, when you've got trillions of dollars missing, people are on the take. I don't care whether they're in our, our Congress or they're just people who work in Washington or some of them are in the military. Uh, some of that money went to buy warlords, I'm sure, in Afghanistan. I've read about this. Uh, but where did all that money go? Who got it? Who got this money? That's a lot of dough. <laughs> uh, Trump, he doesn't like what the CDC does. Because the CDC, you know, they're part of the executive branch somehow. But they've generally been treated by presidents as being independent. They are scientists. They are medical people. They guide us medically in this country. And what they say is generally taken as gospel. Uh, people don't argue with them like Trump does. But Trump has argued with everyone. The, the FBI, the, the Department of Justice, this one, that one, uh, which is wrong, too. But anyhow... Uh, the CDC has been coming out with weekly reports regarding coronavirus, and they say what they think. 
And Trump doesn't agree. And he gets irritated. <laughs> Though Fauci is not a member of the CDC, it galls Trump when Fau- Trump says, you know, we're, we've turned the corner, things are flat, uh, we're going to have a vaccine. And then Fauci goes on TV and he says, not going to have the vaccine in three months or two months. Lucky to have it next year. Uh, and, you know, he, he, and he calls a spade a spade. He doesn't fool around. Fauci. And then Trump gets mad at him for doing that. That's why you haven't seen Fauci on TV in months. Part of that group, you know, daily group, the reports. Uh, anyhow, here's the new rule that came down. The CDC must now submit those reports to the Department of Health and Human Services, who will review, delete, censor, add to whatever they think is necessary before the report goes to the public. So we're not going to get the absolute truth. We're going to get Trump's whitewashed truth because he can't take the truth. And that's obvious. If Look at what Woodward, these quotes coming out of Bob Woodward's book that's going to be available for sale next week. I mean, this guy knows it's a plague, coronavirus, in February, in March. He knows people are going to die. This is terrible. But he wasn't telling that to the American people. You have to tell the people the truth. They can handle truth. They can handle lies. And look how many people have died. Had he taken, done certain things early on when he knew it was bad but wasn't telling us, we wouldn't have 195,000 dead today. We, we might have 100,000. I've heard as low as 30 or 40,000 would be dead, but it would be nowhere near the number it is today, which is an absolute disgrace. All right. Let's see. Oh, Trump hasn't dealt with this one yet. It was reported this past week by the, uh, let's see, the Department of Health Services. Health Services. Health Services. No, it isn't Health Services. Uh, Homeland, Homeland Security, I'm sorry. The Department of Homeland Security. Okay. They have an annual Homeland Threat Assessment. And they said that they are going to be reporting in this year's annual Homeland Threat Assessment. Okay? They are going to label white supremacists. Is Donald a white supremacist in in his thinking? He may not professionally, legally belong to any of their organizations. Undoubtedly, though, a white supremacist. Okay? They are going to label the white supremacists as the most serious terror threat facing the United States today. White supremacists as the most serious terror threat facing the United States today. Uh, Amazing. I don't know if they'll let it publish, but that's what's supposed to be coming out. And part of the report says that the threat is considered more significant than the immediate danger from foreign terrorists. The threat from white supremacists is considered more significant than the immediate danger from foreign terrorists. Uh, I don't think I ever received, bought anything through the mail till I self-quarantined. I was the type of guy, I want to buy clothes, I go to the store and buy them. I like to see, feel, 
I like to try a lot of things on if I can. Uh, I, I like to go to the grocery store, believe it or not, because I see my neighbors. Uh, I see people. I, I meet people. I talk to people. Uh, I love going to Publix. I didn't even mind Walgreens except when I had to wait a long time. Now I get everything through the mail because I'm self-quarantined. I'm 195, 96 days now, I'm, except for hospital and doctor visits, of which I had a long one this morning. Uh, I, uh, I just uh, I don't go out, so everything's by the mail. I love getting my food through the mail. I get my drugs through the mail. I get everything through the mail, and I think it's absolutely wonderful. And in this regard, the United States will have changed in the way we shop. We were doing it before, but not to this extent. Now, I want to talk about success. Amazon, I know they deliver, so now they deliver more because everybody's uh, ordering shipments. They're having it delivered to them. But he announced yesterday that he is hiring, Amazon is hiring, 100,000 new employees between now and the end of the month. And the minimum wage will be $15 an hour. He also has either constructed or renovated 100 new buildings that he's going to use to operate out of by the, the end of September, by October 1st each time. Isn't that amazing? He, Bezos his name, he represents the wave of the future. It's here today as to how we're going to do commercial business. That, my friends, is the show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I love doing this show. <laughs> I absolutely love doing it. I'm glad you come back. Uh, many of you come back, and a lot of you are new. The numbers, wild. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I know you don't all agree with me, but I'm glad you listen. I look forward to